that's why it is good to have people like Professor Barnard with us here today, <laughs> isn't it, Professor Barnard? It's good to have <laughs> good people afternoon. such as yourself. Um, <laughs> firstly, firstly, how hard is it to be non-partisan? Because the problem is, is that people on either side, as soon as they hear something they don't like, accuse anyone <laughs> who is non-partisan as being partisan. How do you get no. over that? You're, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, but we've been doing it for the last three years since UK and Changing Europe was set up. And I think being a lawyer helps somewhat because um, what I can say is that this is what the law says. This is where the law is clear and this is where the law is not so clear. Um, and we try and shape our response in the, on the basis of evidence that we know and we can point to directly. So, look, let's start with Northern Ireland and what it means for Northern Ireland and for the rest of the UK. What does it mean? So, if you're asking about what um, Boris, Boris Johnson, Johnson yes. um, proposed um, yesterday and talked about again in the in the Commons today, so we, if we just go back just one stage, do you remember the backstop? Now, the backstop is a terminology that turns most yes. people off, yeah. but the backstop was essentially trying to overcome a problem which is very difficult to overcome, namely that if the UK is leaving the customs union and the single market for goods, that means that there'll be a hard border in Northern. Ireland. And that goes directly against the Good Friday Agreement, the agreement from 1998, which effectively meant that there should be no infrastructure on the Irish border. And so what um, the Theresa May government and now Boris Johnson's government have been struggling over is how to try and square that circle of the UK as a whole leaving the customs union and the single market for goods and also not having a hard border um, between the north and the south of Ireland. Theresa May came up with one plan, and that was the backstop. And in the backstop, it basically meant that the UK as a whole, including Northern Ireland, would stay in the something very much like a customs union for goods. Boris Johnson said, this is not acceptable to us, so we're coming up with a different plan. And that's what he proposed today. And his plan is that Northern Ireland will stay in something rather like the single market for goods, but it will stay in the customs union with the rest of the United Kingdom. And what that means effectively is that there'll be checks on goods going from Great Britain uh, into Northern Ireland. And there will also be um, some checks um, in terms of tariffs on goods going between the north of Ireland and the south. But the UK has said those checks won't be done at the border. But the concern about the proposal is that it's introduced potentially to at least um, uh, to borders, one down the Irish Sea and one north and south, but they will be invisible borders according to the UK because what we will do is a lot of it will be done electronically. This was previously an anathema to the DUP. He's done, was, he's done an arch bit of diplomacy, the Prime Minister, to he's get been them on working, the side. That's right. He's been working immensely hard with Arlene Foster and, and the others in the DUP. And, of course, from their point of view, what they see as a good thing is that they will stay in the same customs territory as the rest of the United Kingdom. And that means that they will be the beneficiaries, perhaps, of um, any trade deals that the UK government strikes with countries such as the US or China. Um, 
How do you stay in a single market or how does a part of the UK stay in the single market when the well, single market has certain kind of rules about it, one of which my understanding was, was the freedom of movement of goods, services, people and capital? Yep. So this is where it gets complicated because you're absolutely right. The single market has those four pillars to it. But in fact, what is being proposed is that the Northern Ireland just stays in one of those pillars, namely the single market for goods. And crucially, um, the, uh, the, the Stormont Assembly, which remember is not sitting at the moment and hasn't done for the best part of a thousand days, has got to give its consent to um, this arrangement every four years. And that's the one of the more controversial bits of this proposal. One, because the Stormont Assembly isn't sitting at the moment, they might, this might incentivise it to sit. But secondly, it means that um, the Northern Ireland Assembly is going to have to keep coming back to this highly contested issue every four years. And some people say that's very de destabilising. Mm, incredibly destabilising. I just wonder where the EU would agree to this in the sense that why would they give the UK and Northern Ireland a status that none of the other member states have when it comes to the single market? Well, it's an interesting question because you remember um, at the start of the negotiations, there was much discussion about the UK not being able to cherry pick. Um, yes, and that, in other that's words, exactly my point. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And, and it's the point you were making that um, up until very relatively recently, the, UK, the EU appeared to be saying that the four freedoms, the free movement of goods, people, services and capital, the four, four pillars you listed, were inviolable. In other words, you couldn't separate them. And yet, for Northern Ireland, they appear to be envisaging just that happening. And that was even the case under Theresa May's backstop. But what they do recognise is two things. One, Northern Ireland is very, very special. It's always been special. And they are acutely conscious of the need to preserve peace in Northern Ireland. And secondly, the EU ultimately wants a deal done. They know that a no-deal Brexit will be very damaging for the UK, but also very damaging for the EU. And therefore, they want to try and avoid that from happening. And secondly, um, in, in a similar vein, they just know that we, they want to get on with all sorts of other things in the EU world and Brexit is a drag on all of that. So it's in their interest too to get a deal done with the UK. I wonder what ramifications, uh, Professor Barnard, that would have for people, countries willing or countries who've applied for EU membership going forward in that if there is a precedent that is set, and I do understand that Northern Ireland and the island of Ireland is a unique issue, but it sets a precedent that would be interesting for how the EU expands in the future. That's true. Um, on the other hand, what you can say is it's also sending out a very strong message to um, EU member states, remember most of whom, and most of which are very small indeed, mm, um, to say, actually, we're looking after small states, we recognise their interests, and then we're not going to let them be trampled over by much bigger ones. So it's actually sending out a very positive message, both to, well, particularly to the existing member states, but also, as you say, perhaps to potentially new member states. The EU uh, does recognise the needs of those states. Professor Barnard, 